It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We are officially two weeks away from the start of training camp and Orlando Magic Media Day, so it's time for some player outlooks, and we'll start with the Magic's rookies. We haven't talked about them enough this summer, so what to expect from Anthony Black and Jet Howard this season for the Orlando Magic, plus the big question on how the Magic use them. We'll get to that on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 17th. It will be September 18th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to start our player outlooks, take a look at what to expect from the Orlando Magic as we get ready for the start of the 2024 season. We're going to talk today about the two rookies, Anthony Black and Jet Howard, what to expect from them, plus a big question about how the Magic manage rookies at this new phase of the rebuild, we believe at least is a new phase of the rebuild. We're going to get to that coming up here 
in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, this great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Go back to June. Uh, and, and and that June night, late June, early, you know, getting ready into early July, the Orlando Magic had what I think a lot of people considered a shocking draft night. Um, you know, it it it, it was I don't want to say shocking because I think a lot of us saw the Anthony Black pick coming, especially Jed Howard. We'll get to him in a minute, but the skill set we certainly expected, the player they picked, we did not. It was a weird draft night, and, and, and as we, I think of as I've thought about this draft night and I've thought about what the Magic could have done on draft night, and, you know, I had my own experience with the Locked On NBA mock draft earlier in the summer. way back when in June. Who knew? Who knew? Um, I don't know if there was a quote-unquote perfect draft for the Orlando Magic, unless a uh, like player with such clear star potential like an Osar Thompson or an Amen Thompson fell to them. I know there's some fans who think the Magic should have gone after Cam Whitmore, even then, I'm not sure there was a perfect draft night for the Orlando Magic. Because at the end of the day, the Orlando Magic have a lot of needs filled, or they have a lot of young players that they're intently focused on, on developing. More than anything, and I think this was a point that, that I hope I tried to drive home, but I'm going to drive it home here right now. This Orlando Magic team did not need the draft this year. They, uh, let me rephrase that. They always need the draft. We're a small market. Drafting well is essential to the success of this franchise and the successful and, and, and the way this team is going to necessarily have to grow. So yes, the draft is really, really, really important. What I mean by the Magic did not need the draft this year is for the first time in a very long time for the Orlando Magic, the Magic did not need a home run pick. They were not entering the draft seeking a superstar. They were not going into the draft saying, we need to get the player that's going to define our team for the next decade. They got that last year in Paolo Bancaro. You could say they got that the year before in Franz Wagner. We still don't really know what Jalen Suggs is. They've, they have, for the first time in a very, very long time for this Magic team, they have established who they are already. They did not need to swing for the fences and hit it out of the park. If they did, if they do, great. No one's going to complain. And so, you know, this is going to be the theme of this episode, I think, is, well, okay, a lot of stuff is already established. We, we think we have a proof of concept of what this team can be and, and, and what success looks like. Then what do the Magic need to get from their rookies? What do the Magic need? And so, especially with two first-round picks, you know, my answer was the Magic needed to come out of draft night with shooting. We're going to talk about Jed Howard, what he adds on that front here in a minute. The sixth pick was always tricky because there was no player that fit perfectly. And Anthony Black does not fit perfectly necessarily into a role for this team. You know, if, if we assume the starting lineup is Markel Fultz, uh, Gary Harris, 
Uh, Franz Wagner, Paolo Becchero, Wendell Carter. And coming off the bench, you're using Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs at the guard spots. Um, you know, Jonathan Isaac's probably going to play a little bit. Uh, you know, Mo Wagner, Gogo Batadze, now yet in Joe Ingles. There's certainly a weakness in that backcourt, but not necessarily at point guard. And so what did the Magic do? They did create the seeming logjam at the guard spot and drafted a player with a lot of upside Anthony Black, a player who checks a lot of boxes for the Orlando Magic. Uh, and it's the kind of player that the Magic typically do go after and the, and the kind of player the Magic typically do like to bring in. They grab that kind of a player and then are ready to just kind of see where it lands. At, at the very least, you know, and again, I'm a big believer in this. You don't necessarily, especially that high in the draft, you take the best player and you figure it out later. Anthony Black was certainly among, you know, if you go back to any of the draft boards and any of the draft rankings, Anthony Black is certainly not a pick that um, that that was illogical. He makes a lot of sense. Uh, and the skill set that he brings and the ideas that he brings and, and, and the way we know the Magic like to draft, he makes a lot of sense. Six foot seven point guard, so he can play one, two, possibly even three, where I think he's going to get a lot of minutes this year. Um, he defends exceptionally well. He's good at getting into the paint, getting in, getting into the lane, can hold his own on the glass, can can drive, can, can get to the basket. Great passer and distributor. This is a guy that can just do a little bit of everything. And then if the Magic can add a jump shot on top of that, which is obviously the big question about Anthony Black, then all of a sudden you have a player. You have something really interesting. And now that supposed point guard logjam you have, now you got to start asking. Now, now you can ask the questions. But this season for Anthony Black, I think, is going to be one of patience. One where you're going to have to take some of the good with the bad and understand that while Anthony Black, I think, is and can be a winning player, he may not be a winning player today. He may be a player that teams can game plan around. And especially when we get into the playoffs, his weaknesses could be something that become tough to deal with. Look, Black was one of the best defenders in the SEC last year. Very good basketball conference. Um, yeah, I think he, I think he, 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 I think he led or was top five in the SEC in defensive win shares according to Sports Reference. We saw him at Summer League. We saw how good he was defensively. We saw how comfortable he looked getting around his, getting around the court, even playing on what was later revealed by him to be a bad ankle. The Magic were not concerned about his physical production at Summer League. Um, we all noted that you know it felt like he could get anywhere, but he just wasn't getting that last bit of explosion to the basket. He was injured. He was playing hurt. We saw enough from him to be like, okay, there, there's there's something we can work with here. But that's just that's gonna kind of I think be the way things are for Anthony Black. There is something to work with. We're not gonna sit here and say otherwise. The Magic have something they can work with, something they can build on, something they can build with, something they can grow with in Anthony Black. But his rookie year is gonna be defined by keeping things simple, and really allowing those other parts of his game to develop. I suspect that the Magic are going to use Anthony Black primarily as a backup two, um, have him float between the two and the three a little bit. 
He's going to be on the ball plenty. The way the Magic run their offense, it's about versatility. Everyone should be able to do just about everything. And so even if Anthony Black is on the court with, you know, say a Cole Anthony and uh, and uh, Franz Wagner, Franz can handle the ball. Anthony Black can handle the ball. Cole Anthony can handle the ball. Putting Black on the ball allows those guys to work off the ball. Could get Cole Anthony better shots. He's the kind of player that's going to make others better because he has what I always call positional uh, a skill versatility, where you know he he does things for a player at his size that you're not expecting a player of his size to be so good at. He is a guy who plays who's six foot seven, but has all the skills and control of a six foot two point guard or six foot three point guard, a traditional point guard. You're doing that at six foot seven against defenders, especially coming off the bench, who are not used to playing that. Plus, he is expected to be a plus defender. It's going to take time, though, for everything to come together. And so I will preach this repeatedly. Be patient with Anthony Black. Now, you know, I could be wrong on all this. He could come out that first game and look like a superstar and be like, oh, well, that, that that's that. But based on what we saw from Summer League, based on his college tape, there is something there. The defense is there. The passing is there. The ability to get to the paint is there. The ability to get downhill is there. Whether that all comes together and makes for a rookie year where he is making a pos- a, a, a real clear positive impact, pushes to get into the starting lineup, which I think he definitely has the potential to do. I'm not going to sit here and say he doesn't. Whether he can do all of that, that's the part that might take time. And yes, the shooting concerns are very real. They should be real. He's he, It's hard for guards to be successful in this league without that shot. It's what we talk about a lot with Jalen Suggs. It's what we talk about a lot with a lot of the players on this Magic roster. That part's going to take time. And I think for Anthony Black, this rookie season is going to be about doing the simple things. Really focusing on excelling at the things he's really good at already and then using the rookie contract the next two years, essentially, to fill in those gaps in his game and see how far he can take it. The question with Jet Howard, though, is a little bit different. Jet Howard is a player I think we can expect to contribute pretty quickly. We'll talk about what he brings on the shooting front coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders. I think the Magic are still at 36 and a half. And more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. 
your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know, I think back in, in July, I talked a little bit about the rookies. And, 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 and I think I, I said this, I got a little heat for it, but I, I, you know, if this is the hottest take that I make, I'm going to stand by it. I do believe Jed Howard is going to have a more impactful rookie season than Anthony Black. Um, that does not mean I think Anthony Black is not ultimately going to be a better player. I think Anthony Black is going to contribute and be a positive impactor for this team. I think he's going to do some good things. He's going to have some good games. He's going to have bad games. What I'm saying is the skills that Anthony Black has, they're enough to get him on the floor. They're enough to show that he can hold his own on an NBA court. But I think the skills that will ultimately lead him to his success are going to take a little bit more time to come around, Um, especially within the Magic ecosystem, especially with what the Magic are going to be expecting him to do and the role the Magic are going to create for him. The role the Magic are going to create for him is saying, hey, come in, be a disruptor defensively, keep the ball moving, get in the paint, take an open shot when you get it. You know, But when we get to the playoffs, which again, we're all thinking about a little bit, and again, that's our big question coming up later. Um, as we get into the playoffs, whether he's able to do all those things and, and do them successfully in, in those pressure situations is going to be a major question. With Jed Howard, though, his biggest skill, his major skill set translates pretty immediately to a role that's going to help him find success. Jed Howard is an excellent shooter. We saw that in summer league where he hit some really difficult threes in ways that he's probably not going to be asked to hit threes. There's obviously a lot of controversy in picking Jed Howard. He was off a lot of people's boards. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I had him. Pretty low on my board. I didn't even do a, a draft profile on because I didn't think he was under consideration. I had a lot of concerns about his defense. But, you know, but undoubtedly, we all know what the biggest need on this Magic team is. They need shooters. They were 27th in the league in three-point field goal attempts for a game last year. They're 24th or 25th in the league in three-point field goal percentage. They need shooters. In the modern NBA, if you're going to take that few threes, you better be a darn good three-point shooting team to keep up. The Magic need shooting. And so obviously they went out and signed Joe Ingles. They drafted Jet Howard to try and address the shooting need a little bit. And for that reason, Jet Howard could be really, really, really important to what the Magic are trying to do. He was a 36% three-point shooter last year at the college level, taking seven and a half three-pointers per, per game. The Magic's top guy in three-point field goal attempts for game last year was Gary Harris at 4.5. I know I'm the, probably the only one screaming this. The Magic got to find a way to get Gary Harris more, more three-point shots. And, and I know I, I did a podcast on this uh, a couple weeks back that you know when Gary Harris gets a lot of three-pointers, that's usually a sign the Magic's offense is working, that the Magic are having a really good offensive night. Um, I looked it up. like The, the games where Gary Harris took the, took the most three-pointers three in a game – uh, in a game where like 
all top 10 offensive game offensive games by offensive rating for the Magic last season. That's what I'm saying. The Magic need guys who are not afraid to shoot threes. They need they need some volume three-point shooters and and there's something they're so light on but Jed Howard is a guy who's not afraid to take a shot off the dribble. He is out there to make threes and we saw that obviously in summer league. But in summer league he showed us that hey, he has a little bit more mobility has a little bit more ability to, to create some shooting off the dribble, to take guys off the dribble a little bit, um, to, to take you know a two-dribble pull-up. Um, he showed us a little bit more versatility defensively than I think we were expecting. Um, you know, the Magic certainly told, certainly tried to sell everyone that you know he is a much better defender than he showed at Michigan, where he was not a good defender. Um, but Howard has this skill that the Magic need. You know, essentially, anytime if I pitched you a lineup of Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Anthony Black, you'd be like, okay, that's great. Where's the shooting? It's going to be hard to have too many lineups without shooting in it. And Jed Howard is one of the guys on this team that can shoot. Jed Howard is one of the guys that can make an outside shot, that can be a difference maker on that front. And, you know, I don't don't want to say quite yet he's the best shooter on the Magic, but he certainly projects that way. If he is able to come into the league and immediately hit threes, especially if the Magic can get him some open threes and get him into rhythm, all of a sudden the Magic have a really dangerous weapon and a guy that just makes everyone else's life easier. That, that That's more why the Magic need shooting. I, I say this a lot. Your ability to shoot threes, your ability to shoot and make threes isn't as important as how the defense thinks you shoot and make threes. Marco Fultz could be a 35% three-point shooter on say two and a half attempts per game, it doesn't matter if defenses still think he's a bad shooter. Like Wendell Carter is a solid three point shooter for for center. You know Nikola Vucevic shot forty percent from three on like three or four attempts per game. Defenses were perfectly happy letting him shoot that three though, because it meant he wasn't in the paint. And and some of the games where Nikola Vucevic back in back in his Magic days, and even now with the Bulls, some of the games where Vucevic is settling for those threes. That that's a win for the defense. And so, you know, Terrence Ross was a 32% three-point shooter with the Orlando Magic, but teams feared those hot streaks that he would get on. He took enough threes and made enough of them and, and, and had enough big games that defenses started to like, okay, like we gotta cover Terrence Ross. He's second on our list. Don't lose him or he could get hot and we'll be toast. It didn't matter that he shot a poor percentage. And so Jed Howard's the kind of guy where, you know, especially if he has a nice start to the season. Jed Howard's the kind of guy that could have some gravity that keeps defenses on their toes, that keeps defenses focused on him, giving space to a Markel Fultz or Jalen Suggs to cut to the basket or a Paolo Bencaro to cut to the basket or Franz Wagner to cut to the basket. That's why Jed Howard is potentially so valuable. And like everything else, yes, the Magic went for size. Why didn't they like Grady Dick? Well, Grady Dick wasn't a great defender. Uh, with the Raptors in the summer league, um, he's small. Why didn't they like Jordan Hawkins? You know, I I like Jordan Hawkins a lot. You know, he had a little bit of uh, Jed Howard. Honestly, played better than both of them in summer league, from from what I understand. Um, Jordan Hawkins was six foot five, a little small. Jed Howard is six foot seven. He's big. The Magic played him at power forward in summer league. They went super duper small at summer league, and Jed Howard still held his own defensively. He played better defensively. I think a lot of us expected him to. Held his own on the dribble. Held his own offensively. They threw a lot at him in summer league, and he still seemed to play very well. 
That's why I think Jed Howard is a, a could could honestly be a bigger factor for the team this year. But more than anything, he just gives you that safety. If, if everything goes right, of course, he just gives you that safety valve as a shooter. And that's honestly the most valuable thing because when we talk about these rookies, the context in which we're talking about them is really important. Like I said, I think Jed Howard is probably going to contribute more to the Magic this year as a rookie than Anthony Black will. I still think Anthony Black is ultimately the better player. But this is the question. So much of deve- so much of a rookie success is about development. The role they're put into, the role they're expected to play, and how they develop within that role. And that's kind of the tricky thing to predict with this Magic team. Jeff Weltman said it very, very clearly um, entering the draft process on draft night. We are at a stage in the Magic's development where rookies aren't being gifted playing time. Rookies got to earn their playing time. And it is very possible that both Jet Howard and Anthony Black or one or the other is not part of the rotation for stretches of the season. They're going to have to earn their way onto the court and they're going to have to prove that they can help this team. And that's ultimately, I think, one of the bigger questions floating around this team and certainly when it comes to the rookies. What takes priority? Short-term development to try and make the postseason or long-term development of these young players? That's the question we're going to wrestle with coming up here in just a moment. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So, you know, like I said, I, I think on draft night, I gave the Magic a B- minus for their draft. Um, You know, I said, you know, I like Anthony Black. I understand the pick. I think he was the best. I, I thought he was the best. I agree he was probably the best player on the board. Certainly some questions still to answer, not an A-plus pick by any means. And then Jed Howard, I, I think on draft night, I said that's not the guy I would have picked, but I understand the logic behind the pick. They needed a shooter. They got a shooter. I can't be upset about it. Um. I would probably upgrade that to a B um, just because, again, I don't know if there's an A-plus draft out there for the Magic because as I've kind of previewed about the season, so much of this season is about figuring out what the Magic actually need. And and frankly, we don't know what the Magic needs. So this felt like the last draft for the Magic. You hope it's the last draft for the Magic where they're just drafting talent alone. They went out, got the most talented player they could, Anthony Black. They went out and got... Um, a great shooter, went out and got their shooter in Jed Howard. They've filled one need. They took an upside play on the other. That's about, you know, when you have two draft, two lottery picks, especially, we we, all, we talked about this during the draft process, you know, take a swing with one player, go safe with another. They kind of took a swing with both, but, you know, again, they filled the need with Jed Howard um, getting a shooter, and they took a little bit of a swing uh, on Anthony Black, you know, position, you know, who cares about positions? We'll We'll figure that part out. We are, you know, Weltman said it 
himself. You know, we're not gifting rookies playing time anymore. That is not the phase of the rebuild that we are at. The Magic are not going to simply say, hey, you're a rookie. We drafted you. We're invested in you. You're playing. Done. That's not happening anymore. There's a foundation established. There's a goal out there, a short-term goal out there to achieve. Rookies have to earn their playing time. And that's, <coughs> excuse me, I'm so a little sick. Um, and that's the, um, that's kind of the tension now as we enter this season. The big question for the Magic this season is how much of this season is still about long-term development and how much of it is about the short-term of making the postseason, of, of achieving that short-term goal. Now, I will say this before we dive too deep into this. The Magic are not going to sacrifice the long-term for the short-term. Um, you know, certainly there's an expectation among fans. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I expect this team to make the postseason this year. If the goal is to level up, they were the last team eliminated from the playoffs last year. There's only one place to go. With, go. There's only one place to level up from there. Bottom line: the Magic will not go, come out and directly say they're going to the postseason. But you know, we even heard some of the legendary, some of the legends that were at the tip-off event on Friday say it. We expect this team to be in the playoffs. We expect this team to take that next step. We expect this team to step up in in that way. There's there's a lot of expectation on this team. Uh, to to be something more, to do something more. Um, that's the truth of it. Uh, and, and certainly we expect them, you know, I, I think we all share that excitement, that expectation, but the magic are not going to sacrifice the long-term for the short-term. If the magic season, you know, I, I know some people who think the magic need to be at least 500 or set like kind of hard and fast goals like that. But the fact of the matter is if the magic stumble out to the start, which they very well could, if the magic find themselves five games back like they were in 2019, they're not going to go at the trade deadline and start making panic trades. They're going to evaluate and assess what they have. They're going to evaluate who they are and, and you know, maybe question some of their assumptions about the team and be like, okay, now we know this answer. Now we have a clear idea of what this answer is. How do we move forward? This is not a season that's like playoffs or bust. If the Magic are something, you know, I don't think this will be the case, but if the Magic are somehow not in the play-in chase or falling behind on the play-in chase, they're not going to trade a bunch of draft picks they're not going to trade Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis for Serge Ibaka. That's that's something this team under Jeff Weltman is not going to do. Um, if they do something like that, that's a problem. We know that doesn't work. We know that doesn't work. You need a long-term organizational plan. There, your Development is not a straight line. Sometimes you falter. Sometimes you take a step back, but that reveals your path. You know, you take a step back to get a bigger picture of the thing and understand the, the path forward. You know, the path you went down didn't work. Take a step back, take another path forward. Um, you know that you don't want that to happen, obviously, and, and there will be some more pressure to win um, because you know we think Paolo and Franz are really good, and, and time is running out on that. Um, but this season is about figuring out, okay, what do Paolo and Franz actually need? Can they actually work together? Is this a is this a group that can actually grow in the way that we expect them to? And that's the situation that the Magic's rookies are entering. Like I said. It's a short versus long-term proposition. And where this short and long-term proposition is going to really play out are the kind of players that the Magic emphasize. You know, like I said, Anthony Black is going to need some patience. That, that kid is really good. I think he can be a really, really good player. 
but he's got some very big holes. And when the Magic are trying to play at a higher level, those are the kind of holes that teams exploit. Those are the kind of holes that make it really tough to stay on the court. So, uh, you know, let's say the Magic need this win. You know, let's say they're in a tight battle the last month of the season and Anthony Black is struggling to shoot and, and his minutes are a real struggle. Do the Magic keep an Anthony Black in for development's sake and maybe cost themselves a few games? Or do they tighten their rotation or stick with a Jet Howard or Joe Ingles or, you know, a Cole, you know, or whoever's, whoever's in that spot, you know, who, who could predict that far down? Do they stick with veterans that they can rely on and win those games down the stretch to make the playoffs? Or do they say, hey, Anthony needs these reps, needs this development time, needs to feel this pressure to get where we want to go. The same is true with Jed Howard. Now, let's say, you know, if, if, if again, this is why I think Jed Howard might have a better rookie season because he can help the short term as much as the long term. These are all real questions the Magic are going to be gra- grappling with all year long. And it's not just about the rookies. It's everybody. It's everybody. Because this is a different phase of the rebuild. This is a different period for the Orlando Magic. It is no longer just about developing and getting better as a young team and getting experience. There is winning pressure. The Magic want to win. The Magic want to be in the postseason. I feel it. You feel it. The Magic won't come out and say it, but they feel it too. And so a lot of the decisions Jamal Mosley has made to this point and we've talked about it on the show here, a lot of the decisions Jamal Mosley's made have sacrificed short-term gains for long-term reasoning. There are rotation decisions and roster decisions that he has made that we have questioned. But one thing I always praise Mosley about is he kept the long-term vision in mind with these decisions. He stuck with a lineup that maybe wasn't working in the short-term, knowing that they needed the experience together. They needed to fail a little bit, perhaps, to get better in the long-term. That was fine. And that was, you know, I think those, I think that has largely paid off. I give Jamal Mosley a lot of credit for, you know, pushing aside maybe some short-term, short-term panic or short-term decision making to really build this team for a, a future that, you know, it might be happening this year, a future that wasn't so far off. Is that posture going to change? If the Magic need a win to stay in the play-in race or to make the play-in tournament. Would he, is he going to decide to lose with young players, you know, potentially lose with young players who need the experience but aren't ready to win? Or is he going to say, hey, we're going to stick with the veterans. We're going to go with Joe Ingles. I know I can trust him. I know what he does. We're going to win this game. It's, it, again, you can see it's, it's a question and it's a theme that's going to permeate the, the franchise the entire season. That's our big question of the day. There's going to be a lot more questions to come soon. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Match. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, which you tune in, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the public podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. For latest on the world of magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. Also, be sure to check out the Orlando Magic Hub on Patreon. You can find a link to the latest free article on my Patreon page, uh, the Orlando Magic Hub. Uh, on my Twitter page at Philip R underscore O M D. On tomorrow, tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic is still TBD. We will have an episode, um, but we're I'm, 
I'm having, I don't, I, I, I'm doing a guest spot that may turn into a full episode, but we'll see. Um, so we'll, there will be an episode tomorrow. It'll be a fun guest spot episode, or it'll be uh, potentially another, um, another, uh, uh, a player outlook or, 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 or something to that effect. Well, we, we got lots to get to. Don't worry before the start of training camp, but that's good to do for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.